Welcome to the Providence Health Coaching Podcast. My name is Colleen Kuhn, registered dietitian and health coach. And my name is Will Bruce, and I am a certified personal trainer and health coach. This podcast is focused on helping you create sustainable lifestyle changes by first identifying your values and needs, and then transforming your goals into action. In this podcast, we'll discuss all the things you need to know to succeed with making healthy lifestyle changes. We'll cover behavior change psychology, effective goal setting, and how to stay motivated, as well as healthy nutrition, exercise, reducing stress, losing weight, and more. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Today we have two somewhat related topics of discussion. One is resuming exercise after a lapse, and two is adapting your exercise program to a return to the office, which is a unique situation many of us currently find ourselves in after a prolonged period of working from home. Now, falling out of an exercise routine is nothing new and something that most of us experience at some point. Um, we're in the middle of summer right now, and for me, while I tend to do a lot of recreational activities during the season, my formal exercise program usually suffers. But soon, my son's going to return to school, my summer getaways are all behind me, and I'm going to be ready to pick up my exercise routine again. It's likely the case, though, that my fitness level isn't quite what it used to be before the summer lapse, so I want to make sure that I approach my return to exercise as safely and as effectively as I can. I don't want to hurt myself or set myself back, especially when I'm trying to take advantage of this renewed motivation that I have for exercise. Anyway, uh, here with me today to discuss tips for resuming exercise after a lapse is Craig Hallis, a head coach for Orange Theory Fitness, an Ironman triathlete, and I might add, a soon-to-be father. So thanks for being here today, Craig. Absolutely. Thanks, Will. All right, Craig, as a group fitness instructor, I know that you've got a lot of insight about exercise in general and also how to usher someone new to exercise or someone who's lost a lot of conditioning back into a routine. So let's say that you have a, a new member come into the studio, very first class that he or she is taking um, after months or even years of, of no formal exercise. The pandemic lifestyle totally punished this person's fitness, very deconditioned, um, and here he or she is uh, showing up for uh, this first usually pretty challenging class that Orange Theory offers. What are some pieces of advice that you might offer this new member uh, to make sure that he or she has got the best experience? Um, so I think first thing is uh, getting to know kind of their their why or their, their goals um, on why they want to come back into the studio in the first place uh, or back into a fitness regimen and figuring that out and kind of tailoring uh, the experience that you're going to give them on on their goals. And then when they do start their first workout to start slow, um, you know, take your time, just make sure that you, you know, be able to get through the whole workout and feel comfortable along the way, feel successful throughout the workout. That being said, uh, also take time for like recovery. Starting out usually every other day is a really good kind of way to get back into the workout regimen. Uh, that way you can kind of, you know, work hard or you know comfortably uh, then allow ample recovery time for the body to kind of fully reset 
and then come back maybe a day or two later. That way you can kind of break up all, whether it be lactic acid or fatigue, uh, and then you can come back in, hit the workout strong again. Uh, and that'll kind of allow the body to start building momentum is really what you want uh, and successful momentum um, rather than going in and just, you know, killing yourself right out the gate. You're going to feel destroyed and kind of defeated for the next couple of days. Whereas if you start a little bit slower, you can, you know, maybe feel a little you know, tired or sore the next day, but you're still going to be able to come back the following day and then get your workout again. And then that's what's going to create the momentum and build that success, pacing your progression and being able to, to maintain um, your fit, fitness and regimen of the goals that you want to attain over the long run. As uh, you know well, uh, I'm very familiar with the Orange Theory class format, and I think I've revealed to the audience in previous episodes that um, I was once an Orange Theory coach. So I know the kind of energy that that class format brings. The music is loud and fun. You're seeing your heart rate zones and everyone else's up on the screen at the same time. Um, coach like you is uh, barking orders and being really motivating. <laughs> and it would be easy for me to exert myself maybe more than I should being that it's my, my very first class uh, or exercise in a long time, what signs or signals should I look out for that might reveal to me that I am pushing myself too hard or that I am overtraining and I should scale it back? A couple of big things to look for is being kind of extremely out of breath to where you either need to sit down, you know, have your hands on your knees for a little bit and like, you know, take a, take a few moments. Uh, it's going to be one of the things you want to look out for um, to where you can kind of scale back for a little bit and make sure that your body's able to perform whatever um, either the coach or the program that you're in uh, is asking of you. Another thing, lightheadedness. Uh, you want to make sure if anything, if you're dizzy or anything like that, to completely back off and kind of reset. Proper nutrition around the workouts is also going to be big as well. Uh, so make sure you're feeling you know, pre and post to make sure that you have enough energy or resources to to complete the workout in the first place because that can all, often cause dizziness, lightheadedness, fatigue, um, all those things can add up. Those are those are some big ones I think to look out for. Good. Let's say I survive my <laughs> first class uh, without uh, taking too much damage. I know that um, I am likely going to experience uh, this thing that we know of in the fitness industry as delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. This is that uh, soreness that doesn't take place until a day or two um, after uh, a, a strenuous workout, particularly a muscle conditioning kind of workout. Um, and um, typically, um, I just endure the DOMS and uh, wait for it to, to go away and um, try not to hit the same muscle groups again until it's mostly subsided. And that's generally worked well enough for me. But out of curiosity, do you have any tips for reducing or controlling uh, DOMS? Yeah, absolutely. Sessions? Definitely stretching directly after your workout, both dynamic and a little bit more static stretching as well, directly following your workout. Um, you really don't want to complete your workout and then hop in your car and go. Uh, you want to take time to just kind of let it all relax uh, to where you kind of stretch everything out. It also allows your mind to kind of come back down too. And that'll just kind of help your body's overall performance on relaxing everything and letting the body recover itself because that's what it wants to do. And then also taking that next day to 
have some active recovery. Um, don't, you know, sit on the couch or, you know, maybe in front of a computer or anything for the rest of the day, uh, cause that's just going to allow everything to kind of tighten back up. And that's what, you know, your body wants to lengthen out after, after a workout, it needs to stretch. Whereas if you sit all day, it's going to start to tighten. Um, so making sure that you, you know, take periodic walks or if you work in an office to stand up frequently, move around, do some squats, uh, walk your dog in the morning and the evening, or, you know, go hang out with your kids, whatever it might be. Um, but you need to move the body a little bit. It'll get blood flowing. It'll get protein back in the muscles. It'll kind of allow everything to start repairing a little bit more naturally. Um, and it'll recover faster. So that's, um, active recovery is going to be huge, uh, in between your workouts. Good. This is great advice. I'm hearing so far, when it comes to resuming exercise after a lapse, um, definitely pace yourself. Uh, start small and easy. Don't be afraid to take a break if you feel like you need it. Watch out for the signs of overtraining, feeling those really acute signs like dizziness or lightheadedness or, or really uncustomary short of breath. Um, being sure to respect that, discontinue uh, if, you, if you need to, if you experience any of that. And uh, make sure you're fueling your body adequately. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people come into an exercise program because they're looking for some kind of weight control. And so usually accompanying that is some kind of calorie deficit in their nutrition. Um, and that can be treacherous, right? If the exercise is too strenuous and the yeah, calorie deficit absolutely. is too big, right? Yeah. So make sure you're fueling your body adequately. I will add, uh, you may consider consulting with your primary care provider if you haven't exercised in a long time. Um, the American College of Sports Medicine has a good guideline for this. Uh, their risk stratification um, is trusted by fitness professionals. But the rules of thumb are if you have already been exercising and you tolerate it pretty well, then there's probably no need for consultation with your PCP. If you haven't been exercising, you're generally healthy and you don't have any known cardiometabolic disorders. Also, probably no need for a primary care doctor consult. Um, if you haven't been exercising and you have known cardiometabolic illness, such as diabetes, heart disease, maybe hypertension or high cholesterol perhaps, might be worth checking with your PCP first. And if you've been exercising and you experience signs of cardiometabolic illness, definitely discontinue and check with your PCP before continuing. All right, so review those ACSM risk guidelines for more details. So far, we've talked about starting exercise after having not done it for a while. What if you've been working from home over this past year or two and you've made exercise a regular, consistent part of your lifestyle, but now the company you work for is calling you back to the office? So in my mind, a return to the office entails adding back in a work commute and, of course, being back in a proper work environment, which could entail both advantages and disadvantages compared to working from home. Now, Craig, you're fortunate because your work <laughs> environment is a fitness studio. <laughs> that, so, that's fair. <laughs> I suppose that one of the best ways to adapt to returning to the office uh, is to become a fitness instructor. But seriously, let's puzzle out what we can do to help keep our exercise program robust to a changing lifestyle, which likely is going to include some extra demands on our time, right? I'll start. First, let's set realistic expectations. For me, if I'm adding back in a work commute and I'm back in the office, 
I'm going to be away from this really fancy garage gym uh, that uh, I've uh, worked so hard to build up over the course of this pandemic. And, uh, and so I know that the my, my available, not only my available time for formal exercise might be diminished, but my access to exercise equipment might also be diminished. Um, and so I've got to take stock of uh, what is available to me, both in terms of time and modes of exercise, and work with that um, so that I don't cause myself needless discouragement, right? I also maybe want to ask myself, what is a reasonable or acceptable minimum amount of exercise? I know it's going to take me a while to adapt to this new groove of commuting to the office. My lifestyle is going to change. Um, and so I've got to um, allow for some, some leniency here and decide, okay, well, if, what, what is the minimum amount that I could do uh, to where um, I would say this is, this is satisfactory for now, um, knowing that, that I'll probably be able to build this habit over time? Uh, similarly, be adaptable. We want to watch out for creating a false dichotomy. What I mean is that we insist that it needs to be a certain kind or amount of exercise or nothing at all. Otherwise, it's not worth it, right? This is a, a, a distorted way of thinking um, and disadvantageous to our success with exercise. We may not have our preferred modes of exercise available or the preferred amount of time available, but that doesn't mean that all exercise is, is nullified. We want to look for new modes of exercise or uh, activities and find new ways of fitting it into our lifestyle. We want to focus on quality over quantity. That is to say, for instance, a challenging 15-minute session is going to produce a greater training effect than an easy 45-minute session. One of the things I love about Orange Theory is that it's a very valuable use of your time. Um, it's a very complete and challenging but not too challenging workout. So I want to make sure the time I do dedicate to exercise is time well spent. I want to challenge myself and, and, and make it as complete of a training as, as, as possible. So 15 minutes of challenging exercise is better than easy 45 minutes. Look for new opportunities for exercise at or near the work site. These days, um, a lot of work sites have gyms on site. Um, if not, uh, climbing stairs or going on walks at the work campus might be a good idea. Um, brisk walks, of course, like you're on your way to a very important meeting. Uh, of course, enrolling at the uh, worksite gym, or if one is not there, maybe there is a nearby gym that you haven't considered yet. And one thing personally I like to do uh, is keeping some dumbbells, resisted bands, or an exercise ball at my workstation so that when the spirit moves me, I can do some kind of exercise right there at the cubicle, all right? Um, evaluate your conditions for success. When during the day would exercise most likely succeed? Maybe when you were working from home, it was easy for you to just fit it in throughout the day. Now it's going to be a little bit different. You might have to wake up a little bit earlier and take an early class, for instance, um, or do a workout video at home. In any case, you're waking up early enough that you can get a little bit of exercise in before your day really gets busy, as one example. Ask yourself, what modes of exercise are most accessible or appealing to me? Um, and then finally, what threatens my success and what can I do about it? I know that at the end of a long work day, I'm going to be pretty tired. And so to expect myself to complete some exercise after work um, is 
likely high chances of failure (laughs) because as soon as I'm home, I want to relax. Whereas first thing in the morning, I'm typically typically at my most energetic. Um, I have the, the greatest amount of self-discipline and, and, and motivation for the day. So it's probably a good idea for me to fit my exercise in then. I'm speaking personally, of course. So ask yourself this question. What um, are the, the threats to your success? And what are um, those factors which will promote your success? How about you, Craig? Do you have any tips of your own for adapting your exercise to uh, return to the office? Yeah, the, I think the biggest thing for me is is creating a schedule and a list of things that I, I know that I need to have done by the end of the day. Um, so I, I personally use Google Calendar a lot. Uh, so I have little check marks on time slots and I know where my availability is. Uh, so I know that if I'm working out on, say, Monday morning, I'm, I'm going to make that appointment. Um, just like you would a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment, like that's going to be my appointment and I can't cancel it. So making, making an agenda for yourself and, and holding yourself accountable, um, both of those things will kind of like we talked about earlier is going to help build momentum. Cause when you, once you get that ball rolling and you know, you're going to get it done, then when you have your workout scheduled for Wednesday, you know that you're going to get that done too, because you have it scheduled and that's something that you need to accomplish for yourself. So setting, setting those types of goals, as far as external goals, I think it really helps to, whether it be a set a race or an event, whether like, you know, tough mud or a 5k or uh, something like that, set a, set a goal, like something that you want to do. And then also give yourself a realistic timeline. Like if you are, you know, maybe walking a little bit right now, don't sign up for a marathon in one month. The realistic of you completing it, it might be a little bit slimmer chance. Whereas, you know, maybe you're walking now, set a 5K for maybe a month, two months out. And then once you get there, set up another one. You know, once you got your 5K completed, then move into something larger. Or if maybe the 5K is what you really want to do, set up another one and then challenge yourself to go faster and create it, you know, create that momentum. That way you have progression moving forward and you always have a goal of getting better, healthier, whatever it might be. Uh, so those are, are really big things, uh, using trackers, using, uh, whether like fitness pal or Garmin trackers or something to where you can keep track of everything that you're doing. Uh, like at orange theory, we have, uh, all of your workout summaries go into your email. So you can kind of see what you did on this day on this day. And then you can, and then we also have our, our benchmark workouts that are placed in, you know, there's usually about six of them over a period of a quarter. So every three months we have about six challenges which are all recordable. They're all uh, measurable objectives. And so where you say you get your 12 minute run, you get whatever distance on your 12 minute one. And then three months later, your goal is to kind of do it again, but also try to get a little bit further. And by basically building your momentum over those three months and working out consistently, the goal will to be to get further. And so having those goals in mind is really what's going to help you stay committed to your goal you know, your end goal and what you're looking to do. Having a personal trainer or a coach nearby is extremely helpful as well because you can tell somebody your goals. The minute that you tell somebody that you're going to do something, you just got a million more times more accountable to yourself because that's powerful. It's powerful. When I did my Ironman or I guess prior, um, I was talking to my uh, wrestling coach from high school and he was big into cycling and we, uh, we got to talking and I listened to a podcast actually 
about an Ironman. And it sounded super interesting. And I, I talked to him about it and he goes, just start telling everybody that you're going to do an Ironman or that you're thinking about doing it. And so that's what I did. I went around, I talked to a couple of people and they're like, just do it. And I talked to my wife and we sat down. She's like, you need to do that. Like you're a fitness professional. Like that's, that's a big thing that you can put on your resume, but it's also something that you're going to set a goal for. And I know that you're going to do it because as soon as you say you're going to, you're going to hold yourself accountable for it. Um, and then, so once, you know, I signed it, paid for it. And then I told the entire Orange Theory community. So I had, you know, close to a thousand people that knew just at our Orange Theory, like Craig's training for an Ironman. And there's then, no getting out of it now. There's, there was no getting out. I mean, I remember when I was in the ocean in Florida or in the Gulf of Mexico, I was swimming and I got this nasty cramp in my hip flexor and it hurt so bad. But the only thing I could think of, and we're talking maybe 20 minutes into a 14 and a half hour race. And I was like, I, I have so many people back home. I can't let a little thing just pull me out of the water right now. Like I have, I have to make the finish line. So it's, it's setting those goals and also letting people know whether it's a coach, your friends, your family, you have to let those people know. And then it'll just make you motivated to want to accomplish that goal. So fantastic. That is wonderful counsel that uh, you offer just then on staying motivated. And it seems that when the motivation is, is adequate, you'll, you'll find a way. Yeah. You'll find a way to succeed with whatever it is you're intending to accomplish um, in spite of the barriers and the setbacks that you face along the way. Motivation is uh, obviously a, a, a powerful elixir. And that very morning that you were swimming, uh, we had your uh, tracker pulled up on my phone uh, while I was leading a class and I was giving updates to the class while you were uh, on your, your course because I could see uh, where you were at and uh, we were celebrating you the whole time, buddy. So great uh, advice, Craig. And um, that actually covers it for today, folks. I hope that we have offered some useful advice for you to get on track with your exercise and to keep you on track um, as you return to the office. Summarizing what Craig uh, said recently, consider signing up for some kind of event or race uh, that is you know, realistic for your um, ability, um, but it um, is, is very compelling when you have some kind of consequence like that. Uh, likewise, declare your intentions to everyone in, in your circle, um, and you'll be uh, inclined to, to live up to their expectations of you uh, at that point. So um, extrinsic motives like these can be really useful, um, especially when your own intrinsic motivation is flagging. So thanks to Craig for being a part of our podcast today, providing some great advice. Now, let's go get ourselves moving. Take care. Thank you for listening today. If you're a Providence member and you'd like more information about your complimentary health coaching benefit, please visit providencehealthplan.com slash health coach. We only take on a limited amount of members because it's so personalized, individualized, and tailored to your needs. So if you're interested, go ahead and visit that website today.